Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to talk with you guys about what's happening on the podcast this week first, and then I want to share with you a strategy that I teach to my students that I actually apply to my writing life, and maybe it can be helpful to you. So first, today's Monday, and it's March 1st. Wow, can you guys believe that? Um, I'm just so shocked of how fast everything is flying by. And today, I am going to be meeting Gina Wilkinson. Guys, Where the Apricots Bloom is an amazing book. And I am just so honored that I was chosen to have this opportunity to speak with her about her author journey and her development of this biographical fiction novel. Guys, it is just outstanding. Three POV switches. Um, the voice is just, just, I don't, oh, okay. I'm going to be doing a complete review about this after, but it, uh, without coffee. Just let me tell you right now, it is phenomenal. Loved it. So I'm going to be meeting with her today at four so you guys check out the podcast it's going to be popping up later this evening you know that as soon as i make a podcast there's no editing involved it's just upload and go it's whatever we say in this time together that i have with authors our guests it's what it is and so it's up um then tomorrow i'm getting to meet kurt kilgrave i'm so super excited about that one i read the presence you can go and check out his large collection of work guys i mean he's got a list on amazon and he writes supernatural ghost stories for adults so i'm really looking forward to talking with him then on saturday yes i'm doing a saturday podcast it just worked out that way i am meeting kelly martin now last year i read two of kelly martin's books in a book study in a book group our soul food book club she writes middle grades ya she does have some adult titles out there so i'm really really looking forward to that one um this i'm reading fake nora this week and I will have that one finished before Saturday. What happened with with me, I was, uh, I made my signs for what I'm reading. I'm like, okay, fake Nora is next. Well, then I got 
the email about meeting Gina. And I was like, oh, well, then I've got to read Gina. And then I'll read Fake Nora. So, because I had time. So now, at the end of homeschool, in the evenings, I'm going to have something to look forward to. And that is some middle grades horror. Oh, it's my junk, y'all. So, so super excited. This whole week is just going to be a blessing. So, and it's going to be a busy blessing. So, three podcasts. Yes. Then we've got the UFC fights on Saturday. So, Adesanya is fighting. So, you know that's my son's, you know, that's my son's stuff. And so, he's going to be coming home and we're going to be having pizza, of course, and watching the fights on pay-per-view. So, I'm really looking forward to um, being able to spend some quality family time on Saturday. And right now, I'm moving on into this episode. I just wanted to give you guys the update of what's happening. Um, So you can look forward to seeing uh, the videos on YouTube. If you like to watch the author interviews of us uh, on StreamYard being recorded there. Or if you just like the podcast, listening to it here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Wherever you listen, I just want to say thanks so much for following me and supporting my work and And you guys just don't know how much that means to me. I feel like I'm just not talking to the void. There's someone out there that's right along with me on this journey. So, there's a strategy. I call it A plus B equals C. And yes, I have freshmen. And so, they're in Math 1. And one day, one of my kids, Iman, was sitting there in a math test. And he wrote A plus B equals C as an answer to a formula. And he got it wrong. And of course, I had to email his math teacher and say, listen, that's some stuff I've been teaching him over here in English. Can you give him a second chance? He knows the formula. He told it to me out loud. Can you just ask him and he'll tell you what the formula is? It was hilarious. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm messing these children up. But it works to me and my brain. And it's a great visual that I created um, to be able to teach from. And so A, you always start with A. So you always start with the text evidence. What is it that happened in that scene that you just wrote? Or in that chapter before? Or those lines above? So however you're managing whatever your A is, okay? Put your A in this line for me right now in your head. The next thing you do, you add a question to that line or that scene or that action or that dialogue, whatever. So the question is very important. And so that is your B. And so then you're going to say, but why? So A is whatever it is that is happening in the story. But why is your B. And then you're going to talk about, well, then why does it matter? How does it impact the character? Or how does it impact the other characters around them? Then you can say, well, then what do you think could plausibly happen next? So start asking yourself those, you know, well, then, you know, who is going to gain by that happening? You know, start thinking of those who, what, when, where, why type questions. And if you guys would like for me to create you the the W questions, the but why questions, just send me an email, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com. And if you think this could be a good workshop that we can do together, I've been teaching this for like, oh, let me think. 
three weeks now. <laughs> so I've got tons of examples of how we could do this. And we can use what I'm teaching, because it'll make it easy for me, Romeo and Juliet, which I'm sure many of you have probably read, might have even read it in ninth grade English like I did back in the early, uh, the late 80s, um, early 90s. Yeah, late 80s. Wow. So, if you guys would like a workshop on that, just send me an email, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com, and say, let's do A plus B equals C live. Let's do it. Um, and if you request it, I'll get on there and do it if you think it'll help you. But So, the A is whatever the line is that you put it in there, the text, whatever the scene, whatever the introduction of the character, whatever, whatever it is. So, think about where you are. B is your but why. Why does it matter? How does it impact? Who does it affect? How does this change? What does this contribute to the plot? And so you're asking yourself all of these kind of questions as you move through different ones. You don't have to ask yourself 10 questions for one scene. That's not what I mean. As long as you just get yourself one little nugget of a question. That can help push you through writer's block too. Then, once you do that, your C, A plus B, is your but Y, equals C, whatever the choice is that you now have to make as an author. And so, when I'm teaching this in class, it's C as the choice, whatever the choice is that the reader has to make in order to infer what might happen next. So you see what this strategy is. It's teaching my students the standard 9.1, which is inferencing. Can they infer? So for us as writers, how can we take the same strategy and how can we apply it? So we take our A, the text, whatever it is that we, we wrote, the scene, the character, the whatever. The B, the but why, with a question, equals C, a choice. So, there are plausible choices that you can then brainstorm that could be, you know, if, so I'm not talking fantasy, I'm talking, you know, realistic fiction right now. Let's say um, you've got three choices here that could happen into the real world. So, what would a person do? What, what would their reaction be? How could this be in a real-world scenario to make it, you know, sound plausible? And you can come up with, you know, maybe just one. Maybe say, like, look, that's the only thing they can do. I know this character, this character would only go this way. But it's actually fun if you try to come up with an A, B, C three possible scenarios of what could happen you're stretching that creative brain of yours and you're going okay well if this person was backed against the wall and they had no other choice what would they do well they could a they could fight b they could get down on their knees and beg for forgiveness and and try to reason or C, they could try to run. I'm just giving you an example here. But you see where I'm going. So what would be a plausible reaction? What would be a plausible next steps? 
to whatever you've got with your question. So that's your C. And then, if you can, try to stretch yourself to an A, B, C choice. And from those three choices, if you want to write them down in scenes on the side, if you want to make comments, if you get to a point where you say, okay, I need to think this through a little bit more. If you're writing in a Google Doc, hit a comment button on the side of your work, okay? And in that comment button, do your A, B, C choices. Leave them there because then when you're in the editing phase, you can go back to those notes or write them in your journal. Keep a journal like you know I do. Or maybe if you're working in a Word document, you might want to give yourself some notes in track changes. I personally think track changes are like a nightmare because that was my dissertation experience and I had to do so many track changes. I don't like track changes anymore. Um, I think it was just that association with having to do that um, extensive 300-page manuscript that I just kind of don't want to go back to that <laughs> in my life. If I don't, I mean, if the if the publishing company makes me do track changes on Word, okay, I'm good. But I did send them a Word doc. I did send them a Google doc and asked them would it be okay. Um, but I'll do it. I'll do it. But you know, you got the comments there, so that might be a good place for you to say, look, this is where I stopped when I was writing, and I came up with these ABC scenarios. Because you never know when later, if you were thinking that about your character, let's say you were doing the fight, the flight, you know, the beg, forgiveness, or trying to talk reason, and trying to use logic, or, or whatever, that ABC. Let's say you created that at one point. When you move further in, your character may, for the next few scenes, have to make an additional choice, but why? And so when you get there, you can say, oh, well, in that case, they didn't fight. They tried to use logic and reason. But then their emotions just built up so much and there was no other way they had to defend themselves. Then the next time your choice comes back to light and it shows that that character was really trying to move through um, all of the motions before getting to that final act of violence or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Just giving it out there to you. So, A, Bs, and Cs can help you as you move forward, especially as you get to know your characters more. You will know what are some plausible things, you know, that Sweet Potato Jones might do, for example, or let's talk about, um, you know, Pepper Pines in the book for Love Over Pizza. I know those two characters. I know Pepper and I know Sweet Potato. And so they're going to do two completely different things. You know, Sweet Potato is going to turn to her music. That's what she's got. That's what she's got. You know, she's going to turn to her music when she has a choice to make. Pepper's not going to turn to music. That's not who Pepper is. So Pepper is going to, you know, turn to her friend. Pepper is going to turn to UFC. She's got a different outlet that she has to go to. So you will see that you will know your characters and your characters will help you create your ABC choices. And it's fun to do. 
And it's a strategy that if you're reading and you're like trying to teach others how to infer. So if you guys are teachers out there too and you're writing and you're just like me, first let's hook up. Like Kelly Martin is going to be on the show next week and we speak the same language y'all. She's a teacher. Um, so if you're a teacher and you're writing, I would love to connect with you too. I love to connect with you anyway, but um, so listen to this strategy, A plus B equals C, and it can help you when you're trying to teach your children how to infer. If you're a homeschool mom, this thing works like for real. My students have, at first they were like, wait, I don't understand. And if you would ask them to guess, like give me an educated guess. Here's a student's first response. I don't know. Or they would just kind of say that anything that pops into their head and it would not be what we call the educated guess it wouldn't be based on what we've already seen this character do so if you've got romeo for example and you've already seen him fall in love and then fall out of love and fall in love again and he's very you know quick to jump so when you know that you've got a capulet over that wall do you think he's going to just go home from the party try to forget her or do you think he's gonna jump over that wall like what do you think he's gonna do or do you think he's gonna now go and try to find another girl because he's realized his mistake no Romeo's gonna jump he's gonna go after his emotions you've already seen his emotional state early on in the play so while you know that and how Romeo reacts to his first love. Now he's got a love that is being returned. It's not unrequited. He's going to jump over that. He's going to jump over that wall. He's going to leave it all uh, to, you know, wild abandon. And he's jumping. So you had three choices to choose from. Those were plausible choices. However, which one is the educated guess? And once my students started to get, you know, hold to take hold of this concept, it started to make more sense to them. At first, they were just like, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know what these people are going to do. I don't, I don't care what they're going to do. Well, now that they're understanding A plus B equals C, now they are engaging more in the text, but they're able to predict and infer at a stronger level because they understand how you infer to begin with. You know, we can tell a kid, make a guess. Well, how many, you know, it's a lot different than looking at a jar of jelly beans and saying, guess how many's in the jar? Well, you can just, you know, guess random. When you're talking about literature, we don't want a random guess. We want an educated guess that would allow you to come up with an actual plausible possibility of these characters' moves, their next steps, the next action scene. And that's the same way as a reader, we're engaging as a writer. We want our reader to be able to either be surprised, maybe the character is gonna go off the rails. And so when you're thinking of your A, B, and C, you might be at an obstacle point and you might say, you know what, this is a dark period for this character and this character is gonna do something that is against usually what they would do. And so you have your A, B, C, you choose one that might surprise your reader there and keep your reader guessing. Oh my gosh, why did they do that? And then that's when we want to throw books, but we keep reading, right? 
So this strategy could come in handy, not just for my students, but for us as authors. And I love it. But the other day when I was talking to Chris Landis, guys, Chris Landis wrote Murder at Daybreak. You can go and check out his interview. And he was talking about his process. And you can go and watch the video on YouTube, Jen Lowry Writes Everyday Mom Challenge. Or you can listen to it here where you found this one. Um, but Chris Landis was talking about his process, and he taught something like this. He said that he looks at plausible next steps, and I wanted to say, oh my gosh, there's that A plus B equals C, but I didn't want to like take over the interview and start teaching you guys this strategy that I've been working with with my students, but I was like, oh, here's this author. He's doing the same thing, and I know that we all do it, but I do it in a way that, um, it's just structured with this name to it. Um, it just works for me. So you can take Jen's A plus B equals C strategy. And you can put my name on it. And you can say, okay, guys, Jen has got this really great idea. A plus B equals C. Let's try it with our writing. And see, especially at moments when we might not know where the plot is going. And attempt to put it into our practice. So I want to challenge you guys to try A plus B equals C. And you never know until you try it. Um, in fact, the strategy works so well for readers that I'm packaging it up and it's on Teacher Pay Teachers soon. So um, and just to give you guys a head up, heads up, I'm going to try to uh, make a little money on Teachers Pay Teachers uh, with this strategy. But for you guys, if you need me to do a workshop... You just let me know, and I can do a live on it. So send me an email for future episode ideas. If there's something that you would like me to research and share and teach, send it to jenlowrywrites at gmail.com, and I would love to put it on my list for future episodes. All right, guys, I'm getting closer to work, which means that I'm probably going to go in and make another A plus B equals C really quick uh, sheet, Google for my kids. So we can maybe practice that this week again. Um, if, as long as I practiced it twice last week, the week before I practiced it once. So um, I've got to keep practicing this strategy with my students to help them become um, masters at inferencing. So I hope that y'all have a wonderful day. All right, bye. The Writing Warriors for Jesus are excited to announce we'll be having two free writing conferences this year. The WWJ Youth Summit will be held on May 22, 2021, and our Writing Warriors for Jesus writing conference will be August the 6th and 7th. Please join us during our live streams where we'll be talking about Jesus and writing all day. All sessions will be live from YouTube and Facebook. You don't have to register to attend, but registration allows the Writing Warriors for Jesus to collect your email in order to draw door prizes during the event and send you emails of conference information. You can follow us at Jesus Writing on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date on all of our conference news. Hope to see you there. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.